Uni Taster Days proudly presents the Uni Guide. For students, parents, and teachers, this is the University Guidance Podcast you need to support you on all things university. Welcome back to episode 12 of the Uni Guide. Here's some short snippets for you to work out what we're going to be discussing in this episode. Lots and lots of universities will attend them. Massively great opportunity to find out more. Because they open your eyes to kind of different universities and different courses that you may not have thought about. Sort of the whole range of universities present. So you can really go and talk to everybody in sort of one hit. It's also just a really fun day. There's great atmosphere. About universities generally. Oh, there's, there's always quality freebies to be had. Don't get distracted by the freebies. They're a nice addition. They're a nice takeaway. They're a reminder of a fun day. The reason you're there is to talk to the universities and to find out whether it's right for them. And you might end up finding your dream uni there when it might not have even been a university you'd ever heard of before. Yes, in this episode, we are going to be exploring university fairs, what they are and how you can get the most of them and how they can help you when you're making decisions on university higher education. Uh, before we meet our guests and our brilliant student panellist who will be part of this episode, I'm going to welcome back my trusty co-host, John, of course, founder of Unitastes. John, welcome. Hi, Tim. Really well. And big hello to Andy. Uh, really looking forward to this and, and also hearing from our student panel as well, which is Leah and Emma. Yes, we've got an action-packed episode for you. And to explore these university fairs, we've got a special guest and that is Andy Jackson. So welcome in, Andy, to the Uni Guide. How are we today? I am very well. Hello, lovely to be here. Great to have you, Andy. Anything you'd like to share about your role, maybe your journey into to university with our listeners? Anything you'd like to share? Um, so I'm the recruitment events manager at the University of South Wales. I've been working in student recruitment in universities for a terrifying just over ten years now. So I look after sort of the whole remit of presence at uh, the university fairs and also running the on-campus events such as open days sort of the really the shop window the first encounter most people will have with the universities they're looking at and i'm also uh, the welsh chair for helloa which is the professional body for student recruiters so hopefully have some insights to share with you all Andy, if i could just jump in it's, it's great to hear about the university of south wales and your role now but do you mind just telling us about your own journey and let us know about more about you what brought you to the role now you know what you did if you did go to university <laughs> Absolutely, yes. So um, I actually came to university through clearing. So my A-level results were not what I was expecting them to be. So I came through clearing. And actually, that turned out to be the best thing that have happened to me. I ended up studying at the University of Leicester, where I had an absolutely fantastic time. Um, so I stayed there and did a master's. And then I became an events manager. So I worked for I worked for Disney. I worked for sort of various big stadiums like Twickenham and the Millennium Stadium. And then somebody approached me saying, do you fancy working? in a university running events for us. So it was completely by accident I ended up in student recruitment. Um, but yeah, 10 years later, I'm still here. So it's a, it's, it's a really exciting space to work and being able to work, particularly the sort of going out and meeting the students and seeing all the people face to face and helping them. You absolutely can't be that, that bit of the job. Okay, Andy, thank you for sharing. I'm sure as you're aware by now, as a keen listener, this is our 12th episode. We'd like to, to get our guests to have a bit of a challenge. And that challenge will make a feature called All the Fun of the Fair. Please play along, listener. It's not university as such related. It's more kind of fair related, just to get us warmed up. So it'll be you and John together. You can either play as a team or you could be competitive and go against each other. 
what do you what do you fancy here? I think it's got to be competitive, don't you, John? I agree, Andy, and, and I keep on losing these competitive ones. So at some point, I'm bound to win, and I'm hoping today is my day. I, I, I have a feeling it might be, looking at the questions. <laughs> okay, challenge accepted for a Kit Kat. Are we ready? Let's play all the fun of the fair. Absolutely. Okay, just so we have our ducks in the row and everyone's aware, it's multiple choice. Um, you can answer either A, B or C. So question one, numerous English towns, including Stratford-upon-Avon, Tewkesbury, Banbury and Simoncester still hold annual funfairs dating all the way back to the 16th century. And the question I have for you is what were these fairs known as? Is it A, mop fairs, B, brush fairs or C, bucket fairs? Over to you, John. Without any confidence whatsoever, I'm going to go for C, bucket fairs. Okay, John selected bucket. I'm going to go over to Andy just to see what you've got. Anything different? I'm going to go for B, brush fairs. Interesting. We've got two different answers. I'm afraid between you, you've both selected the wrong answer. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) Starting well here, starting well. The actual answer, of course, is mop fairs. The reason it's called the Mop Fairs, it gets its name from when towns would hold kind of events where people would look for work to advertise their trade. Shepherds would wear like pieces of wool in in their buttonholes and cow farmers a piece of straw and a maid would hold mops, hence the name Mop Fair. So that's kind of where it comes from. Moving swiftly on to question two, a quiz without fairs would be incomplete without mentioning one of the world's largest. I am referring to Munich's annual Oktoberfest. But in which month of the year is this mostly staged? I'm going to go to you, John. I'm holding a Steiner loft in celebration, so I'm hoping I'm not wrong. I believe, with much confidence, it's October A. Okay, so John's confident. Andy, anything different at all? I thought it wasn't October, but I didn't know which one it was, so I went with September. I'm sorry, John. It's Andy who picks up the point for that one. Yes, it is held in September, despite you falling for it, John. It being a bit of a trick question. The name suggesting it's in October. It's held in September. Uh, literally, if that was a million-pound question on who wants to win it, I'd be hundred percent. I'd be celebrating when I saw it, and to get it wrong is um, destroying. Um... Well, there is one more question left, John. Maybe you can redeem yourself. So, question number three, here we are. I'm glad I'm asking the questions, not answering them. The word fair comes from the Latin word feria. But what does that mean? Is it A, holiday, B, amusement, or C, exhibition? This time, I'm going to change it around and go to Andy first. What do you think, Andy? And then I'm going to go to John. I think it's A, holiday. A holiday. Okay, interesting. You sound quite confident. Is that a guess? I'm just trying to read you. It's a complete guess, and I'm only glad that I, I did actually study Latin when I was at school. And I'm only glad that my former Latin teacher has since retired, so it's very unlikely to hear me making a fool of myself regarding the language he loves. John, did you have anything different? See exhibition. The Kit Kat is going to South Wales. Yep, Andy, you're correct with A. Yep, it means holiday. Thank you very much, Mr. Friel. Congratulations, Andy. Well done. As we had all the fun of the fair, we almost, you know, got carried away and forgot we've got a podcast to make. So, 
university fairs. We've prepared some questions. This is going to fall part one. Good place to start. Over to you, John. You've got some quick fire questions for Andy on university fairs. So Andy, today we're going to be looking at university fairs, but do you mind just telling us a little bit more about the different types of, of fairs that are available for students to attend? Yeah, sure. So there's a number of different types of fairs. So you'll have some fairs which schools will run themselves at, at their own venues and they'll invite specific universities to attend. You then have what are sort of the UCAS and other large provider fairs. So they tend to be held in purpose-built venues. They're much, much bigger and they tend to attract people from across the region. And they're the kind of events that lots and lots of schools will go and attend. There are also some sector-specific events. So UCAS, for example, runs some creative industries-focused events. So if you're looking at that a specific industry there, can be quite interesting. And then there's also a lot of online fairs are still taking place and online recruitment activity. So one of the things that came out of the, the last few years is understanding that not everyone can get to, a, get to one of these fairs. So there are online alternatives that are running a lot of the time as well. For larger fairs, you know, you touched on, on UCAS and there's other providers like UK University Search that, that run them as well. If a student has a particular university in mind, do all universities tend to attend them? Certainly for the large fairs like UCAS, uh, UK University Search, What You Do Live, lots and lots of universities will attend them. I would say if there is a, a university you're really specifically interested in, whether that's because you're looking at a really a specific course like veterinary science or chiropractic, it's best to check that out in advance and see where they'll be going. Because some of them won't go to all of the fairs. So, for example, if you're looking at attending the fairs in Scotland, a smaller number of English universities attend that those fairs. So you might have to do a little bit of research ahead of time. But you on the UCAS website and all the providers' websites, it lists who's going to be there. You can take a quick look and see if they're going to be there. And if they're not going to be there, I'd say the best thing to do is just give the university a call. Because if you can't get to meet them, most universities will be really happy to arrange to have a chat with you outside the fair particularly if you're looking at, say, like one of those more specialist courses that aren't provided across the board. Okay, Andy. So say I'm a school kid. I've been taken to university fair, but I'm a school. Maybe I'm interested about university. Maybe I'm not. What can I expect to see? What can I expect from this experience? Is there freebies to be had, stuff to be handed out? Oh, there's, there's always quality freebies to be had. I mean, the stands will all look very, very similar in terms of their setup. So you will have most universities will have members of staff from their student recruitment department or future students teams on there. So they are they are professional student recruiters. So they will know about the campuses, where the university is based, what the student experience is like. So sort of those broad general questions that will help you get a feel for the university. They won't tend to be subject specialists. So they may not be able to answer sort of, you know, detailed questions on specific modules. More and more universities are taking student, current students or ambassadors with them. So those are as it sounds, students who are currently studying at the university. And so they've got a really, really great insight into what it's like to be a student at the university, what it's like to apply to the university, and they'll be able to talk you through all of that. Loads of universities are giving away freebies this year. They've been doing it for quite a few years now. Um, anyone who's been to a fair this year will probably have seen the, the University of South Wales bucket hats, which are everywhere at the minute. Freebies are a nice addition, and I think it's really important don't get distracted by the freebies. They're a nice addition. They're a nice takeaway. They're a reminder of a fun day. But really, the reason you're at the fair, the reason you're there is to talk to the universities and to find out whether it's right for them. So by all means, you know, if someone's got an insanely cool piece of, insanely cool freebie, you can ask them if they can have them. But it's better to have that conversation, talk to the fair, people you want to talk to and actually figure out 
what you know get the answers to the questions you've you've thought about before you got you got there rather than get distracted by a nice mug or a nice pen or whatever exciting freebie has been given away on each of the stands I always remember, Andy, back when I was working at university, you know, the student came up and, and they asked a question, a very traditional question that perhaps didn't need much thought beforehand. I can't remember what the question was, but when I was answering it, the student's eyes just kept on looking at the freebies. And I was thinking to myself, you've got absolutely no interest whatsoever in my answer. You just, <laughs> you just want our freebie. So you mentioned, Andy, about University of South Wales and what you do. But in terms of like the, the, the personnel that's on this, so do you guys tend to have more students on the stand or staff? So we tend to have a real mix of staff and students, and that's partly because it gives a nice overview. You know, we've we've got some we've got really really great students, and it's nice for them to be able to go out and tell people why they think the university is great and why it's been great for them. And I think that's that's a really good thing that you know, university where you're going to study is a really personal decision. So having that ability to chat to someone, connect to someone, and go sort of why was it right for you, and then you can pull the information out of it is really really important. And you'll see more and more universities are doing that. We also send staff along because if you have, I know, for example, quite a specific admissions question, or if you are a student or you're um, a teacher advisor or parent of a student who perhaps has a disability or is neurodivergent, or you have a sort of a very specific in-depth question you want to ask about some support that's available from the university, it's good to have those staff members there so they can answer those more nuanced, in-detail questions and if necessary, make sure that they can refer you into the appropriate service yeah it's brilliant and also i think one of the the other you know, in, in addition to all that the the benefit of having multiple people understand as well is is where you get a student that's very very interested in studying a particular subject and and the staff member on the stand might know a little bit about it but you know you could be really fortunate that you could actually end up speaking to a student that's currently studying that subject so it's a great opportunity to, to find out about it so tradition going back a, a long time when i went to school and we attended as a school affair I went to a university fair as part of a school group. So, Andy, does that still happen, A? And B, like for the large affairs, you know, we touched on the, the different providers of large affairs, but is there a certain time of year when these fairs usually are, are hosted? So, yeah, school groups to come into the large fairs is absolutely still happens. It's very much sort of the norm. So you will get year 12, year 12s normally, but sometimes uh, year 11s. The whole year group we booked on, they will all come to the fair. They'll arrive together, they'll have a couple of hours to wander around and talk to people, and then they'll all depart. So that, that is the way you do it. For most of the fairs, you can book to attend individually. So if you're considering applying to university and you're not currently in school, um, you're considering applying through as, as a someone who's outside of school, or if this, you want to go to a specific fair because a specific university you want to talk to is going to be there and it's not the fair your school are going to, for most of these fairs, you can book individually to attend just as a, as a a member of the public and you parents um, and teachers can book to attend as well so that, that it's more normal for people to come in the school groups now there are fairs that run throughout the year so what you'll tend to find is that the the main cycle of UCAS fairs starts in the spring of year 12 and runs sort of from January through till March and then again picks up again in June July other fairs do tend to run in the autumn term as well so if you do decide that you're considering applying to university slightly later you've not you've not missed the boat there is time to go and see them the main chunk of it is is that that spring of the year um there's a reason it's called mad march in the university sector andy i was just thinking from the parent perspective maybe listening is it the the thing that the parents are welcome and they t typically attend these university fairs with the student or is it more kind of arranged through schools for 
for young people to arrange? What are your thoughts and experiences here? Absolutely. I would say that, that the fairs are for everyone. My personal feeling is that if you are, if your child is able to go by themselves or go as part of a school group, it's really good if you can let them go and have that experience by themselves and go and encounter all the universities by themselves. It comes really comes down to what you're trying to find out. So if you have, as I mentioned, um, you know, if you have a child who has a disability or additional needs or anything you want to discuss specifically with the university, the likelihood is the person on the stand will have some information, but they'll probably want to refer you into one of the university specialist services. I, I'll say completely, every university across the UK has support services that are available to help students with a huge range of individual needs. So it might be worth thinking about, if you need to talk about that, is that better to speak to the university direct? Is that a conversation to have an open day? Is that something you need to book in to talk to people about? So if you can, if you do feel comfortable letting your child go as part of the school group by themselves, I think they get a better experience from it. But absolutely, parents can come to can come to it, particularly if it's a subject you don't know a lot about. There will be subject talks happening, so you can come and get a lot of information. It is an awful lot of sixteen and seventeen year olds in a room together. Is all I will say. If you come as a parent, so you might want to have a very strong cup of tea on standby. So I'm just going to finish by asking you about advantages and maybe touching on potential disadvantages of university fairs as well. So what do you see as the main advantages? Of students attending university fairs you get a huge number of universities and at many of these fairs now you get sort of the whole range of universities present so you can really go and talk to everybody in sort of one hit you can go and you can chat to all the universities you want to speak to you can see there's other universities that have come along that you've never even heard of but you see they do your course and have a chat with them so it makes it really really easy for the student to access everything and it's completely it, it's it's purpose built for this you know you've got the people who know who know about recruiting that university you've got the students who know about that university experience so i think that's that's the biggest advantage you get everyone in one place and you can go in and you can do it and it's also it's a fantastic experience and you can get some quality freebies what are your thoughts then on the online university fairs you get and and maybe some advantages disadvantages as opposed to in-person ones Yes, I mean, I think the, the, the big the big advantage of online is it's that there's 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 very few there's virtually no barriers to it. You can attend from anywhere in the world. You can attend quite easily with that, and also that can be quite good if you want you know if you've got a, a, a very detailed question, or if you can't get to a fair for whatever reason, or I know I, I mentioned um, around students with who are neurodivergent, thought of going to a fair may just be overwhelming and and cause them a great degree of deal of anxiety. So it's a very safe space to have those conversations without being put in a position that's going to make you uncomfortable. It's also a great, a lot of fairs, it's a really good second bite of the cherry. So if you've been to a, an in-person fair and you've got more questions or you realise you've forgotten to ask something, it's that second opportunity to engage. The big advantage of, of in-person is you can be targeted, but also you can be exposed to all the different universities that are out there. And that can really open up opportunities and routes that you may not have, have ever considered so whether that's you, know, you might be looking at a, a traditional three-year undergraduate degree suddenly you're talking to someone about a university degree apprenticeship there's a whole different range there's a whole range of options out there for people and i think it's really nice it's, it's the, the main advantage is you get to have that sort of that all the fun of the fair go and talk to everyone see what's going on and opportunities can present themselves that's harder to do online it's not impossible you can absolutely just scroll through and see who's there and have a chat to them but it's perhaps a little more, it's a little less sort of free, free flowing, if you like. Okay, that brings us to the end of part one. Join us after this short break for part two, when we'll be getting our experiences from our student panel. 
and also our special guest, Andy. Welcome back to part two of the Uni Guide. We are talking university fairs, and I'm delighted to welcome back our brilliant student panelists. So today in the studio, we have Leah and Emma, uh, both going to give their feedback and thoughts on university fairs, because it's not so long since they attended them um, as students. Uh, and then I'm going to invite John and Andy just to reflect on the comments and see if we can spark a little bit of discussion and share some tips, perhaps, and some points for people who are thinking of attending these fairs in the future. So, Leah, you're first, please. So I think uni fairs are a really great idea to attend because they open your eyes to kind of different universities and different courses that you may not have thought about. So, for example, with me, I only knew limited kind of information about some of the larger universities or some of the ones that were closer to me. But university fairs are a really great chance to see other universities that you may not have heard of before. And that obviously opens many different opportunities when it does come to applying for university. So I think it's just a really great idea to be able to see different things and to open your eyes to different universities that you may not have considered it's also just a really fun day. There's great atmosphere. It gives you a great chance to get hold of all of those booklets and leaflets covering all of the different universities. There's lots of freebies going on. It really is just a great, fun atmosphere. I know the one that I went to had a band and it was outside in the summer and it was just a really lovely experience. And I went with my friends because we went with school. So it was a great opportunity to kind of go around with them and that obviously helped with my confidence to ask questions to the different universities that I might have felt too anxious to ask on my own. So yeah, it was just a really fun, really fun day out. Thank you so much, Leah. Have you got any further advice for our listeners? It's like I said before, go in with an open mind. Don't walk past certain university stalls because you've not heard of that university or you don't think it's of interest to you. Take the opportunity to really get as much information as you can from the people that are there to really ask questions that you would ask to all your universities, whether that's you want to make a list or whether it's just what feels right on the day. Make a list if that works better for you and go and speak to these people from as many different universities as you can because you really might surprise yourself and you might end up finding your dream uni there when it might not have even been a university you'd ever heard of before. Brilliant stuff, Leah. Andy, I'm going to go to you because I saw you nodding along as Leah was speaking, okay? I think the main thing that the Leah really hit on there is don't be afraid to just go and talk to anyone. So if you if you see a university you've not heard of or a university you haven't really considered before, go and walk up and chat to them. Like Everyone's really, really friendly. They're going to be really happy to answer your questions and sort of talk to you about what the university is like. And I think that's a really great point because it does, you can get, people can get really hung up on these are the universities I have to go and see. Yes, have that list, see them first, but then don't be afraid to wander around, chat to other people. If you see someone does the course you're interested in, go and have a chat to them. Um, You might find something that you weren't expecting out there that actually is the exact fit for what you're looking for. Just to extend on on what Andy said and and how nice it is to hear from Leah um, about that. I love the the student perspective on, on stuff, but the, speaking of someone that a long time ago has worked at university that, that attends these events staff at universities will probably travel you know in some cases three four hours to speak to you at those events so don't be intimidated if you're a student you know, if you're a parent supporting students and also teachers supporting students these staff the staff that are there are there to help they'll be really engaged 
people say there's no such thing as a bad question there's this funny questions i can remember working at when i worked at the university of birmingham one student came with a tube map and they told me they can't find birmingham on it and whereabouts is birmingham on it and and and, and that type of thing you know makes you laugh and then you can say you no know, birmingham has a train station but it doesn't have a tube so really great opportunity for students to find out more about university um, and it's really good to hear from leah all about them I think just to follow on that as well, I think your thing about Paul John about there not being any dumb questions could not agree more. And I think a lot of people get very nervous going to fairs of, I don't know anything about this uni, I've not prepared. That's absolutely fine. The people on the stands are going to be really, really friendly. Like you said, they're used to answering every question you can possibly think of. And also, if you have to chat with them and you just go, actually, this doesn't feel right for me, this isn't a university I'm going to follow up with. If you say that to the person on stand, they're not, you know, they're not going to feel you're breaking up with them or something. The whole point of the fairs is for you to find out whether or not a university feels the right fit for you. And it's part of the selection process. Okay, next, welcome in Emma. Emma, you've got some thoughts and reflections from your, your time visiting university fairs, haven't you? I attended a university fair in London when I was in year 12. <laughs> what feels like now a completely distant memory. I found it really helpful because all of the universities were under the same roof so it was really easy to speak to lots of representatives from lots of different universities and ask any questions there's lots of different university fairs held across the uk and i'd highly recommend looking at the UCAS website there's something called the uk university fair website what a mouthful and also what university i think what university and what careers live has something coming up has a career and jobs fair coming up soon at that event there'll be stands talks and events on study tips, revision, networking opportunities, and also the chance to find out more about university itself and degree apprenticeships. Okay, Emma, how can our listeners get the most out of a university fair if they're going to visit one? I would really recommend working out what you want to gain from these events. So, for example, what are the gaps in your knowledge or what next step are you hoping to achieve? So what do you hope to gain from these events, essentially? This way, you can then be more strategic with your time. Usually on the website, it says what exhibitors will be will be at the event. So, for example, what universities will be there? This means that you can then work out which stands that you want to attend so you can come prepared and know what questions you have have to ask or maybe bring a notepad or something. University fairs can sometimes be tricky to attend for sure, particularly as they're often held in massive cities. So I'd recommend looking to see if there's an online alternative if you're not able to attend in person. Thanking you, Emma. Lots of discuss there. Andy, I can see you nodding again and your hands up. Let's go over to you. Yeah, I think Emma, hit, Emma made some really good points there. I think definitely having that idea and thinking about what you want to get out of the fair. Um, so that so that preparation, thinking through, do I want to find out about subjects or about universities? If you're torn between a range of subjects, it's a really good place to start those conversations. And having some way of remembering what you've been told, because the fairs, they can, they are, usually quite big they're very busy it, it, you know, it's, a, it's a noisy environment so having some way either a notepad or what i've seen a lot of people doing at some of the feds early this seat this um this year is when they've talk, had a conversation with the university they're interested in they're just grabbing a photo of their lo- the university logo on the stand because that's their way of remembering actually here's my shortlist of universities so it's really quick and easy and can be can be quite easy to do and i think definitely that they are you know they can be sometimes be challenged to get to but they are absolutely worthwhile attending is it like if you're in any if you're considering university or you've got a, a student or child who's considering university they're really sort of the, that first step in that shortlisting process of which universities are we looking at yeah just extending on with with what obviously emma said and, and andy picked up on i think research is is really important whether that's pre-research post-research once you've got the information making sure you reflect on it 
but actually I look back to when I was a similar age thinking about university and, and considering university and attending fairs and and I wouldn't have done any research and you know what that's fine too like if you just want to go over and you know chat to a few universities about their courses and and maybe what at that time you're just exploring whether university is right for you then 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 that's okay like in an ideal world yeah if you can research before and also reflect on that afterwards it's really useful but but you don't need to. I think it's just a really useful thing to to do. Um, I love, yeah, Emma made such good points thinking about you know the research and stuff. And and I'll, I'll j- just one final comment is is in terms of of university that there's going to be loads of universities out there, so it's a great opportunity to find out about them. But also, it's so important to see these universities in person. So students might want to use this as like a shortlisting tool and think, you know what, I can't visit ten cities because you know various reasons. Finance finance might be one of them. But I'll actually speak to these universities at a fair and then perhaps shortlist five, six, seven that I can then go ahead and visit and, and use fairs for those as well. Or if you talk to someone and it didn't feel quite right, you can strike that one off your list. It's one, it's a place you don't need to go and necessarily go and visit. So I think it's really important to, to think about that next step when you're having those conversations with people on the stands. Again, going back to when I used to work at university, one one thing for, to be aware of for students and parents advising them and, and teachers advising them is is you're going to be speaking to people on stands that know about the university generally. So they'll be able to talk about the university campus, if it's a campus university, what you know, facilities they've got, what courses they offer. But what you probably won't be doing is, is speaking to subject experts. And the amount of times I've been at a university on a fair and someone's come up to me with a subject-based question and, and I'm thinking, you know what, I'm completely out of my depth here because you know loads about the subjects and I don't. And and really, I think fairs are the opportunity to find out you know, general information about different courses, but I think you'll be disappointed if you go there expecting to speak to someone that's an expert in zoology if there's not advertised to be an expert expert in zoology that's on that stand. I, I definitely agree. And I think also it's worth bearing in mind that a lot of the fairs now do subject talks as well. So if you are interested in zoology, for example, during the schedule of the day, there will be somebody who is an expert in that delivering a talk. So if you want to find out more about the subject, you can. But also I think if, even if you're not doing a lot of research, think about what what is the what's the thing you can't get from the website? You know, you can get the entry the entry tariff, you can get what degrees the university runs. If that's all you're going to the fair with, you are going to be really well prepared for that conversation. It's what do you, what else do you want to know? As you say, John, is it a campus? Is it city? What's it like? A lot of people take students to the fairs now as well, so you can chat to current students. You know, find out what is it like to be a student? Is it expensive to be a student here? Like all that extra stuff that you can't get from a website or from a brochure. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Emma. Thank you, Andy and John. Some brilliant points there, and I really enjoyed that discussion. Join us after this short break for part three, when we're providing you more hints, tips, and resources when attending university fairs. Andy, I want to kind of pick your brains here a little bit, and John. Maybe what are some of the, the some of the strangest questions or, or questions that stood out? I know you shared one, John, earlier about the tube map, but um, anything you want to kind of share here? Because I know we've we've talked about preparations and things. I just want to... I mean, the, the, the strangest question I get asked is a really, really boring one. But given the name of the university I work at, people do ask a lot, where are you? Which, given our, our, our job title, is, is pretty much our map coordinates of University of South Wales. We do occasionally on the online events during the lockdown period, we did get a lot of people who came to us thinking we were the University of New South Wales, which is, is, is about 14,000 miles away. I was going to say, I, I, I can hear my colleagues listening to this jumping up and down with all the exciting questions they've been asked at first, but I'll hand over John because I'm sure he's got a better one than that. Do you, Andy, just as a follow-up to that, have you had anyone that, that's, that's asked you if, if your degrees are taught in English or Welsh? All the time. All the time. And I think that, And I think that's for all the universities in Wales, I would say that is a bit of a misconception. So 
you know, particularly if you go to if you go to one of our one of the UCAS fairs in Wales, all of the stands will be bilingual, all the literature will be, will be bilingual, our websites are bilingual because that's the law within Wales. You have to find everything in both languages. And some courses are taught in Welsh. It will be amazingly clear what that what, which the courses are, because it will say in big letters at the top, this course is taught this course is taught through the medium of Welsh. And it says it in both languages, there's no confusion. But the, the majority of our courses are taught in English. If students want to submit work in Welsh, for a lot of the courses, that's possible. That does vary uni by uni. But yeah, we do have a lot of people going, do you need to speak Welsh to come to, to come study at the University of South Wales or any of the Welsh universities? And in the vast majority of cases, the answer is no. You know, if you, if you want to study the Welsh language at a Welsh university, that will probably be taught in Welsh, yes. No, I was just thinking uh, what you were saying about the confusion of thinking your university was in Australia. And I was just thinking about university fairs. It might have been a, you know, a, a nice giveaway to, to, to give a boomerang away. I did have a good joke about a boomerang I was going to share before the break, but I've forgotten it. Don't worry, it'll come back to me. <laughs> Very good. Tim. I, I, have to, I have to go. I'm sorry, the, the line's breaking up. Um, we, we, have, we have genuinely looked at doing boomerangs before, but I've, I've been, you're not allowed to have things that can be thrown at fairs for, for fairly obvious reasons. There was an incident with beach balls about 10 years ago, apparently. Oh dear, that sounds ominous. I hope they bounce back. Okay, that's enough of that. Um, Preparation then. I know we touched on this and um, Leah gave us some brilliant tips, but it'd just be good in this section, maybe if we think about from all of our listeners, so students, parents and teachers, how can we prep for to get the most out of these these university events, these university fairs? In terms of preparing for, for going to a university fair, having an idea of the course, and that doesn't need to be the exact course, but having an idea of what you're interested in studying. And that could be as broad as, you know, I'm interested in studying English or physics it doesn't have to be very specific just that idea of what you almost what you enjoy having an idea of what grades you're expecting because universities do or different universities ask for different grades so just having that idea of what you're expecting to get and what your qualifications are going to be is really helpful and also having a bit of a think around where you might study so it could be you want to stay really close to home so you, you only want to look at universities within you know 50 to 100 miles of where your parents live or where you live currently or it could be you want to go, as I did, I pretty much do a line 150 miles around my parents' house and went, I'm applying outside of that. So it's just, it, you don't have to really go into detail on it. It's just start thinking through the things because that'll help you really quickly narrow down which universities you really want to talk to. If you're not sure of any of those, there's a load of support available out there. So, you know, if you're not sure about what courses you want to do, there's different, you know, the UCAS hub careers are out there. There's lots of websites that give you support on how to deal with that and they ask you questions you know would you like would you be interested in raising fish in a hatchery lots of questions like that to help you figure out what it is you actually enjoy doing so i think that's really really important if you can't narrow it down don't worry you'll have plenty of time at the fair to walk around and talk to everybody and speak to loads and loads of universities but the more preparation you can put in thinking about what you enjoy where you want to study that will really really help and one of the biggest changes recently is obviously the QR codes for your smartphones. You know, you don't need to be lumbering around loads of prospectuses and all this stuff that you could pick up, your boomerangs and your key rings and your rubber ducks. You can, you can take them if you want, but you don't have to take all those like paper. You can just use your phone and get it sent to your email, can't you? If you want to, just get everyone you talk to to scan it and that will give you loads of information to follow up so you can think about it. If you're completely stuck, and this is a good one for parents and for teachers as well, is is if you're... If you're preparing for a group of school, take a school group to a fair, if you reach out to your local university, every university is running 
runs has talks around how to prepare for a fair, how to help your students get ready. And a lot of them also do sort of online sessions for parents, like how to support your child through um, the UCAS process. They're a really great way to just get an understanding of it, particularly if you've never, if you've not been through the UCAS process yourself, you've not had a child go through it before, or if you're new to um, careers advising and advising students on how to go through UCAS, these are a great resource. And look, you know, speak, reach out to your local university. They will have sessions. They, they'll be really happy to run for you. And that can really help the students prepare. And it almost takes some of that pressure off you. Don't be afraid to reach out to the you know the university student recruitment teams. They'll be really, really happy to help and to get involved and, and support you through it. And in terms of questions, Andy, and people say there's no such thing as a bad question. There isn't. But there's, there's, there's questions that are better than others. For example, a student can ask about entry requirements, but they can also have a look on the internet and find out the entry requirements. There's certainly better questions than others. Is there any really good questions that students might want to ask to staff on the stand? Yeah, I, 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 first of all, completely agree. there's no such thing as a bad question. There's no such thing as a dumb question. This is really, it's a really safe space to ask whatever you need to ask. For me, it's, I think the good, the, the best questions are around what is that, what is that information you can get from someone you can't get anywhere else? So, you know, you could ask someone what's special about your university. If you're chatting to a current student, why did you choose that university? What's the student life like? Or ask about something that's really important to you. So if you are, you know, if you are an elite rugby player, you can ask them, you know, do you have what the sports facilities like? Do you have a rugby team? Think about the things that are going to be, want to be part of your life there. If you're not sure what you want to study, you know, if you if you think if you're interested in a, in a subject area, so like if you know, for example, you want to do something creative, almost tell them, I'm really interested in this. This is what I'm studying at the moment. I'm really interested in this area. Can you tell me about some of the courses you offer in that area? So, you know, tell people what you like and let them lead you through it. I think the other one is find out when you can visit. You know, if you're having that conversation with the, with the university rep or the ambassador and you're going, yep, yeah, I'm feeling this, this, this sounds like the kind of place I want to go. Make sure that you find out when you can go and visit them. So that could be an open day, it could be campus or whatever that next step is going to be. And also if they don't take your data, like if they don't scan you, either ask them to scan you or ask if you can take something with their contact details on so they can, you can follow up with them because then it, it's really important to keep that going. I think the final question is just if there's anything that really matters to you, don't be afraid to ask it. We've been asked every conceivable question under the sun. Ask the question. You know, you're, you're not going to upset or offend the people on the stand. You know, they, they're going to be really happy that they've just helped you get the information you needed to make that decision, ultimately about what's right for you. So go back to when you were thinking about university and, and thinking about, <laughs> is there, knowing now what you do, is there any... I don't know. Can you give us a top top two, three questions you think you sh should ask? The younger Andy should ask to staff on a stand. Okay, so I, I studied French when I was at university. So I think I knew I knew I was going to do French. I was I was absolutely dead set on it. I would have liked I should have asked more about the study skill support because I'd when I got to university, I'd never really written long form essays before and French was all long form essays. So I should have asked more about, you know, what support was available to help me go from writing what I'd written at A-levels in, in sixth form to how to write for university. Because it turns out there was an entire course available. There was tons of support and advice available. I just didn't ask anyone about it. So I didn't know about it because that was me at 19. I think the other question I would have really asked is around what's sort of the, what's the feel on the campus? Because the university that I, didn't go to which I shall not name 
was very very different to the university I actually went to so it was it, Leicester it's it's on a campus but it's right next to the city centre it's next to a gorgeous park everyone is really friendly and Leicester is an amazingly diversity it's a, it's a fantastic place to live and study there is so much going on and it turns out the other university I was looking at it's in a very small town it's very very quiet there's not really that much going on and that would have absolutely not been right for me so ask for me to ask I should have found out more about what the what the city was like what the life was like because what I wanted was that city experience of being exposed to huge amounts of new things merci Andy je vous en prie may we I promised an action-packed episode and that's what we've delivered that brings us to the end of this episode on university fairs thank you so much to our special guest Andy Jackson I'm going to pass it over to you John to close us out Really enjoyed this, Andy. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, thanks, Tim, for putting it all together. Um, really enjoyed this guide to university fairs. Well, uh, thank you very much for having me. It's been really fun to chat about. Um, thanks, John. Thanks, Tim. You've been listening to The Uni Guide, the university guidance podcast which supports students, parents, and teachers with all things university. If you've got any comments, questions, suggestions, or absolutely anything else, get in touch with us using info at unitasterdays.com. But until then, please do stay tuned, like, share, give us a follow, and we look forward to seeing you soon.